Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Hey, 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 what's going on, Love Tribe? 
Welcome to I Do Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. Whether you're dating, single, married, or struggling in a relationship, we're here to help give you the tools to succeed. Were you laughing at my intro there? (laughs) Just a little. Feeling a little funky today. We had a great interview with Meryl Goldstein, and Meryl is an expert marriage therapist in New Jersey who has been successfully lecturing and writing about marriage as well as helping couples reignite the spark in their relationship for the past 15 years. And today we get into a really important topic and we talk about how to keep the passion and intimacy in a relationship and balance the safety with the risk of the emotional safety and the emotional risks that we experience because a lot of times to feel intimacy, to feel passionate, we have to have a level of emotional risk. It's why in the beginning of a relationship, a lot of times we feel everything is new and exciting and, and risky because we, we don't really know that other person. We don't know what's around the corner, what what exciting new thing we're going to learn about them and that they're going to show us. But then once you're with them for a while, you feel like you know everything and and it's not as exciting and those endorphins and the chemicals from early in the relationship wear off and that's when things can become difficult, when we lose that excitement, that passion. So we go through all the tools to address this issue and to create that intimacy and passionate in a long-term relationship. So whether you're in a long-term relationship now looking to do this, or if you are not in a relationship or you're early in the relationship, there's still valuable tools to know. So definitely pay attention to all the great advice that Meryl gives us today. And today we'll, we'll be playing you out with the song Light It Up from the band The Hip Abduction, and it's from their album Gold Under the Glow. We hope you guys enjoy the episode. Support for I Do Podcast comes from Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapist. Get $30 off your first month by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So we've given our listeners a little overview. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Well, I really um, love to help people connect and to connect in a deeper way than they've been doing so far. And so I find that when I'm working with couples that have gotten stuck and they're able to reconnect and start feeling emotionally close to each other again, it's just such a powerful experience and I just love being a part of that. And we love giving that information to our listeners and having people like you on the show. And today, I think we're going to have a lot of great tools to how to, to give our listeners to engage and get more 
deeply in love with their partner or navigate some rough patches. And we're going to zero in on the balance between emotional safety and emotional risk in a relationship and how if we can work out that balance, we can make our relationship more passionate, more intimate in the long term. So how can we balance risk and safety? It seems like those are two very, they're, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes, absolutely. And it's a great question. Um, it's really, in a way, a very paradoxical kind of situation where um, there's really these two competing or opposite kinds of experiences in a love relationship there's a feeling of safety that you have with a person that you trust and that you're very familiar with, that you know very well, and that has been with you through a lot of different things, and they're kind of just still there. And so there's this feeling of being able to really depend on the person and feel very secure when you're with them. And sometimes we have a feeling of so much safety that we're really, we kind of let our hair down and we're comfortable being ourselves in a way that we aren't in other settings. At the same time, there's a feeling of excitement, passion, and risk that comes from being so powerfully in connection with another person and in a way being dependent on them or at least very um, entangled with them in terms of uh, so many aspects of, of your life being connected and intertwined and not being able to so easily just uh, walk away or do your own thing because there's always this this relationship piece that's also there. And so this is a tension really that goes on in, in relationships and couples have to learn how to manage that tension. And I'd like to talk a little bit about different phases of the relationship and how things sometimes get weighted more in one direction or the other and that can kind of get tricky for people. Is that something I can take a minute to explain about? Absolutely. Dive right in. Okay, so what I found is that in the initial courtship phase of a relationship, things tend to be more heavily weighted in the passion uh, arena and emotional risk-taking. There's a feeling of novelty, excitement, this is someone new, this is someone you don't know that well, you want to get to know them deeper, you might feel this kindred soul connection and you want to spend more and more time with the person, uncover more and more layers of their personality and their self and also share with yourself in a more intimate way. And I think that part of what makes it, um, what makes the relationship at this phase so heavily weighted in the direction of passion is that everything is so new and there's a feeling of unpredictability. We don't really know how the other person is going to respond. And so you're really taking emotional risks and you're putting yourself on the line and you may get rejected or disappointed or hurt. So there's a little bit of a sense of danger that's going on, but the pull and the, the magnetic feeling of wanting to be in that relationship is what kind of keeps us, you know, pushing along and taking those risks. But I think there's also a piece of the initial phase of the relationship that makes it easier in a way to take those risks. And that is that you aren't quite so enmeshed with the other person. Your lives are not together. You don't own a house together. You haven't committed to be with each other long-term. You haven't shared all of yourself yet. So there's a feeling of being able to walk away if things don't work out or you get hurt too much or the disappointment, you know, is too big. And so I think that kind of allows people to open up and to take certain risks that it's much harder to take once you're really deeply intertwined with the other person and you're much deeper in the relationship. And so what I think ends up happening 
is that as time goes on and people commit to each other, there comes a certain point where there's a comfort zone that gets established and you really feel like it's safe to be yourself, to fully be yourself with your partner. And when that happens, when you, when you kind of hit that point, I think sometimes there's a fear at a certain point of rocking the boat. And so people stop taking those risks. It's kind of like there comes this magic point where the sense of safety and familiarity in a way becomes more important for people than a sense of newness or passion. And so people start to, to kind of get into a status quo where they're just, they're just letting little things go that are maybe hard to talk about or that could rock the boat because there's so much more at stake when you're at that point in the relationship if the other person rejects you or something goes wrong. And it's also comfortable to kind of be in that zone of safety. But I think at the same time, this really could impact the feeling of passion, and that's why as relationships go on, sometimes people feel like, they're falling out of love or they don't recognize their partner that, you know, or the feelings they had in the beginning of the relationship because something has actually shifted in the dynamic. And that's when we have to kind of look at what to do at that point. I am just myself and Sarah just nodding our heads here because it, I think in our listeners can all relate to this. If you've been in a relationship or in a relationship that this life cycle of new and excitement in the beginning and then you get into your comfort zone and things might not necessarily be bad, but you do, you're you not in that euphoric stage of falling in love. And we have to mention there's obviously there's chemicals being released in our brain giving us these feelings early on in the relationship where all these endorphins because of the excitement, the newness, and when those wear off, that's like when you get down to the to the, the good stuff, the real stuff of making the relationship work. So we've established this pattern, and, and I know Sarah and I have gone through it, and, and most couples do. So how do we move forward and, and get that passion, that intimacy from the early years of a relationship? Yeah, and that's a great point you make about the chemicals. And I think some of the, that feeling of at least what I see in my work with couples in the office is when there's that sense of connection, like you just shared something that's really deep, it's personal, it's very vulnerable, it's raw, and it's just kind of right there in the room and the other person meets your eye and there's this gaze and this love and acceptance and the person is kind of reaching towards you and they want to be there for you. I mean, there's really no chemical rush, I think, that's greater than that. And that can happen at any time in the relationship if, you, if you're able to, to connect in that way. And so I think what's really important for couples to remember is that it's very, very important to maintain a stance of curiosity about your partner and to realize that as much as you think you may know the other person, you can never fully know your partner because people are always changing inside and there's always a, a sense of privacy that we maintain that keeps certain things inside of us that we're not sharing. And as, it, as we uncover those layers of privacy and we become more and more emotionally intimate with each other, that's really the, you know, the stuff that creates that connection. But I think people at a certain point shut down and they stop doing that either because they really think they know the other person and, things have become 
very predictable, so they make a lot of assumptions. You know, they just kind of assume that they understand what their partner means. They assume that the, the values they shared 20 years ago are the same right now. People make all sorts of assumptions, and they don't, they're don't not really so attuned to the ways in which their partner might be changing or, you know, might be having an emotion they're not aware of. So I think that's one piece is that we just get kind of so used to the other person that we forget to ask and to realize what we don't know and that even if we think we do know or we knew something that was true for a very long time, people are always changing on the inside. So there's always more to learn about the other person. People even learn new things about themselves as time goes on. So, you know, so much more so when, you know, with your partner. And I think the other piece that happens is that sometimes people make assumptions that something their partner has said or done is personal when really it's not. It's really about them. And so people shut down. They get hurt or disappointed. And there's a piece of them in the relationship that kind of dies and they stop putting themselves out there fully to the other. And if that goes on too long, then people really start to disconnect. And a lot of times that's, I see people at the end of that process where maybe something has happened in the relationship, a betrayal or something big to kind of shake things up. But really it was like two people that had just taken all these little hurts and put them aside and not fully communicated them. And really if they would have talked it through, they could have seen that maybe there was a whole new perspective on it or it really wasn't something about them or something that they took personally that really wasn't that personal and they really could have worked it out and reconnected around it, but instead they swallowed it and they, they did that again and again and again. And that's really the stuff that kind of kills the passion in a relationship is when you shut down. Do you have any, this is going to be like a, a two part question, but do you have any specific examples for our listeners who want to engage and be more curious about their partner, but are having a hard time, initiating that conversation or the specific things to ask their partner? Uh, that's kind of the first one. And then this, well, we'll just go with that one first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can give a common example, you know, so let's say two people have um, gotten real busy with their careers and with raising children, and they've kind of forgotten to make time for themselves as a couple. And then at some point, one person, you know, say the guy wants to reconnect and starts inviting his, his wife out, you know, for a date night or something like that. And she, in the meantime, over the years has got gotten, you know, maybe gained some weight and not feeling as good about her body anymore. And so she doesn't actually want to go out with him because she's feeling self-conscious, but she's kind of afraid to tell him how bad she feels about herself. Like she sort of wants to hide that. So he won't, you know, say, yeah, it's true. You know, you're not as attractive as you used to be or something like that or he won't see her differently. And so instead of actually sharing her insecurities about herself, she just kind of avoids going out with him. And then he feels like maybe she's rejecting him or has stopped loving him or he's not good enough for her anymore. And so you get these two people kind of in an impasse when if they had really shared more honestly, they could have, you know, maybe had a different perspective on the situation. So I think whenever, whenever people feel themselves like hurt and they're starting to just swallow it or not say anything it it's good to kind of try to have the conversation and to have it in a way that is really not is open to what the other person has to say when couples come into my office you know this is obviously after a long period of this kind of stuff going on that's been festering but sometimes 
you know, one partner will share something that is just so, it's so real and it could be unpacked in such a big way. And it's like the other person just jumps on them and cuts them off and interrupts and it's like they really don't want to hear it or they're afraid to hear it or they're so quick to want to, you know, defend themselves. And so kind of trying to slow that process down, the reactivity and just be really curious, really reflective, asking questions instead of, you know, offering rebuttals to what the other person's saying or defenses. That's a really great thing to kind of catch yourself, you know, in the moment if you're getting defensive or you're cutting the other person off or you, you know, they've said one sentence and now you're, you're reacting to just try to go back into an asking questions stance, you know, tell me more about that. What was that like for you? Um, is there more you want to share about that? What did you think I meant? You know, just anything that kind of opens up the conversation instead of shutting it down is really great for being able to do this. Well, that's excellent. And that was exactly what my second question was going to be about shutting down. So thank you for that. That's great info. Yeah. And you're welcome. I think it's so important. The, the maintaining that curiosity because we, get busy in our lives. Maybe we have kids, work makes us busy and you're comfortable with your partner and and we're not curious. And I love how you mentioned we are constantly changing. So yeah, maybe in the beginning of a relationship for those first couple months that are off the charts, you're getting to know that person. But guess what? A year later, you're both different people. And that's the beautiful thing about relationships and about life is it would be pretty boring if everything was static but it's constantly changing and and that's why we always say that you want to have these tools to to make a relationship better even if it's happy now because you're going to change situations change your life changes you change and and you got to deal with that and it's just uh i compare it i think of like when you live in the same place for a while, maybe your hometown, and you're driving down the road and you don't really notice the the things on the side of the road or or the the new building or the 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 trees because they're just there and they've always been there and and you you just know that place and that's why I think like when we travel everything, our senses are heightened and and everything is new and we're excited and you get that feeling. I love to travel for that feeling and you don't know what's around the corner. And that to me is, is analogous to the beginning of a relationship. You're trying to find out more about that person. Everything's new and you don't, and you're going to get to that place where you're sort of not noticing the trees on the side of the road, but it's so important to to listen to what you're saying and tell our listeners and we're going to apply this too is to be curious and to to pay attention to uh go with the analogy driving down the road and and observing your surroundings observing your partner changing exactly and that and there's a process of rediscovery that is very exciting if you, if you kind of get into it, you know, starting to notice those things that have changed or details that are new can be very exciting. I just want to say, though, that the famil- familiarity piece um, isn't necessarily a bad thing. We do need a background of things that we can kind of take for granted to be able to feel that these risks 
are are okay and are safe. So I, it's really about that balance. And I think at different phases, we get things get kind of weighted, you know, more or less in, in a given direction. And then we have to sort of bring in the other piece to rebalance things. So there is something very nice as well about being with someone and feeling like there's something, you know, predictable about them and that you know them very well and you've been through a lot together and you kind of trust that there's this background of even if my partner learned something new about me, it's not going to shake up the whole foundation. But when you kind of get stuck in this sort of, you know, taking for granted and assuming you know, then it's really great to you know, to kind of open your eyes again and, and start looking for, you know, the newness and the things that have changed. So it's really about finding the balance. But the car analogy is a great one. Yeah, absolutely. We do need that familiarity. Otherwise, we're going to feel very insecure in, in, in its erratic relationship. So I'm glad you pointed that out. What would you say to someone that is in a relationship we they're just going along and they want that passion and intimacy back from the early days. They're trying to be more curious, asking the questions, getting to continually know their partner. Like we, we mentioned, what is another thing that they can do to, to grab that, that passion, put it back in the relationship? Well, I, I like to suggest a couple of vulnerability journal. People sometimes will say something in writing that it's not so easy to say um, out loud. And the nice thing about the person reading what was written is, is they can kind of absorb it before they have to react. And so I like to suggest a couple that you say one thing to your partner every day that maybe feels like a little bit of an emotional risk. Kind of put yourself on the line a little bit. And if there's that interplay and both people are sharing, that can be really, you know, really very powerful stuff. So that, that's one suggestion that I make to people. That's a great suggestion. So what would be an example of uh, like an emotional risk, something like specifically um, that someone might say? Say you're the kind of person that is very uh, afraid of anger or you like to see yourself as um, – it's very hard for you to tell someone if you have a criticism or something made you upset that they've done. If you couch it in a nice way that it would be good, a good risk would be for, for you to tell your partner if they've done something that has upset you and to say you'd like to talk about it. Or if you're the kind of person that maybe um, if you're having some kind of insecurity or shame or something your partner has said made you feel kind of embarrassed and you usually just kind of shut down when that happens or act like you didn't care and get a little bit distant, kind of own the shame, you know, say, I felt really kind of bad about myself. This is not about you, but that comment really made me feel ashamed. So just kind of sharing whatever kind of things or emotions are hard for you to talk about usually, those are things that are good to share because those are the things that kind of open up the conversation and and allow us to get more and more intimate with the other person. I love this quote. I've mentioned it before, but I'm not sure who it's from. But the measure of success in life is from the number of difficult conversations you have. And it's, yeah, wow. it's so easy to to go through and just maintain the status quo and 
everything is good. You're not, your relationship is not as passionate as it once was, but whatever. And you might be saying that to yourself, but why not make your relationship great? Don't just keep it at that that baseline level and have those difficult conversations. And especially if you're, if you're not doing it at, at some point, it's going to boil over and, and then you're going to have, uh, have a, a much more difficult mountain to climb. Whereas if, if you kind of have that out there and you're constantly communicating, you're going to, you feel more intimate. Your relationship is going to have more passion because you're going to feel closer to your partner. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I see this happen in with couples all the time, and it is so powerful when someone just shares something that they've been holding inside for years, you know, something from childhood where they were very depressed and they were frightened by that and they wanted the whole world to see them as normal and uh, not to realize that deep down they had this terrible, you know, feeling that there was something wrong with them, that they got into these terrible depressions or something. and and they look together and they perform well at work and, and they're kind of holding it together. And then all of a sudden they share, you know, 20 years later, just how painful and how scary that was. And, and, and they're so afraid when they share with their partner and then the partner responds with love and understanding. I mean, these are moments that are really like, they're very, very powerful moments and it creates that sense of passion and that closeness. And then the passion kind of just takes on a life of its own from there going out together, having fun, doing the things that, you know, we think of when we think of passion in a relationship, those things just happen much more easily when you feel that sense of of really deep connection and trust. And I think that is key, and and I'm glad you mentioned it, that the partner is responding with love and understanding because you talked about being vulnerable, using a a vulnerability journal and, and sharing these things, but if if you're a partner who's listening to these things, you want to make sure that you're responding with love and understanding, not trying to fix the problem necessarily. Sometimes just listening is enough. I think it can actually be detrimental if someone is being vulnerable and sharing and then obviously if, if the response is negative or if the response is, is maybe the person is just trying to to fix them and say, oh, you feel that way. This is what you need to do to change that rather than simply saying, wow, that must feel really hard for you. Or I understand that that must make you feel sad, acknowledging those feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, You know, when people try to fix the problem, it's usually coming from a place of caring or a feeling of sort of like helplessness, you know, when you see your the person you care about is in pain, but a lot of people actually experience that as very invalidating as a way of saying, you know, you can't take my feelings or my feelings aren't okay just the way they are. Um, and I think a really, I mean, one of my favorite phrases is tell me more. I think that's a just really great one, you know, just really showing that you want to hear about the other person's, experience is really important. I actually have a handout. Um, you know, I can definitely send it to your listeners if they would uh, email me. And in this handout, I give some tips for starting to um, have those more vulnerable shares with your partner. If you've kind of gotten into a rut and haven't been doing it for a while, there are some things to keep in mind. And, you know, of course, 
if we're going to start sharing, we don't want to get a response that's rejecting or that reinforces our sense of not being um, safe in the relationship to take those risks. But it can be very tricky because sometimes when two partners have both been holding different hurts inside and have made assumptions about, you know, what the other person meant when they said certain things or did certain things, it's there is a sort of like a wall a little bit. And then one person starts to be vulnerable, but the other person has their own pile up of hurt and so they're not really ready to be understanding yet or they're kind of triggered into their own pain by hearing what their partner is reacting to so sometimes you know I have to do a little work with couples about that but if if you're not going to actual therapy and just kind of in day-to-day life want to work with that I like to tell people to start with disclosures that that feel risky enough that it shakes things up a bit but that aren't so risky that if your partner doesn't respond in exactly the way you need them to, you're not going to like feel like you should shut down forever. So it's, you do have to kind of work a little bit with what, which disclosures or how much you want to start opening up in the beginning. If you're trying to reestablish some safety before you can take, you know, bigger risks. That's a good point. If, if you haven't been vulnerable with your partner and all of a sudden you're listening to this and you're motivated to do it, that's great. But might not be the best to just go and dump everything at once and and it could just be overwhelming uh for your partner and and for the relationship so starting maybe with with some smaller things and opening up that dialogue and then working your way and keeping that running and then working your way towards towards bigger uh issues and vulnerabilities exactly and thinking about timing you know, when's a good time, just trying to really be a bit mindful before you start the conversation about how to set it up for success so that you don't want to get, you don't want to kind of have it misfire. So then you get this sort of reinforcement of the idea that it wasn't a good idea to take those risks. I love that you mentioned that because that is one thing I have to work on. My timing is sometimes off, not just certainly with this exercise, but with uh, conflict resolution or bringing up something that uh, needs to be addressed in the relationship. Certainly, first thing in the morning, Sarah is not a huge fan of having conversations then, and probably most people in late in the evening as well. So I love that you mentioned timing for, for this particular um, communication and, and dialogue because, yeah, it, your partner could be open to it, but if you're on your way out the door, you're late to a party, might not be the best time to, to bring up uh, a vulnerability that you want to share with your partner. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes people actually say it on their way out the door because it's, it feels like so risky, you know, so people kind of want to put it out there and then sort of run or say it at a time when they can't get too deep into it. But you really want to kind of set yourself up for success. So the timing piece is really important to be mindful of. Yeah. And, and, and I think maybe something value would be valuable would be, and I've tried to do this is say, Hey, can we talk about, uh, blank you know can we talk about i want to talk to you about something is now a good time and then right. the partner can say oh well, I'm, I'm i'm really busy let me finish this and you, and then you say okay and and then you get to it rather than just jumping right in with hey, i got to i got to share this with you and then just going for it and your partner's not really ready to talk about it 
Exactly. And I think in general, when people are caught off guard, you know, it raises the chances of the interaction not going well. And so the more we can kind of give a person a heads up or ask their permission, I think that's always very helpful. And I actually think it's great in general to ask permission for all sorts of things. You know, is it okay if I give you a suggestion right now? Is it okay if I ask you a question about what you've just shared? The more we can really ask the other person, the more receptive they're going to be to whatever we want to say to them. So that that's a great point. Yeah, I definitely feel that uh, Chase respects m- my time and my input a lot more when he asks me if, you know, I have the time or a second to chat about something before he just dives right into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It goes both ways. So it's, it's it's easier for you to kind of engage in the conversation and it's easier for him to sort of really be receptive. Yeah, my my brain works a million miles an hour sometimes, especially when I'm onto something new and and like I said, at those early morning hours or late evening, it'll just pop up and and I I gotta catch myself because I I'll just start ranting into something of just not even with the relationship because Sarah and I uh, work on this podcast together, so I'll have an idea for the podcast and Sarah's trying to take care of our our one and a half year old and and I'm sitting here pitching her on on this new great thing and, she, and it's like she's just trying yeah. to to keep the baby uh in her diaper or or and and not that she doesn't care but it's it's just not the time not the time and that's I think the journal is a great a great situation for that you know where you just kind of keep this notebook in your bedroom and when something comes up that you want to talk about you can just kind of jot it down so you don't lose it or forget about it but it allows the other person to kind of also have input into when would be a good time. And you, if you go back over, you can look at things and make sure that you've both really addressed the things that have been on your mind without just kind of letting them fall to the side. But it's, it's, you're able to do it in a more planned out kind of way. So I, I love to suggest that to couples. We will have to get that journal going soon. Well, this is all great information. Now we got to move forward to the lasting love round. But first, we want to tell you a little about our sponsor, Talkspace. Almost every guest we've had on the show has recommended talking with the therapist as one of the most effective ways to improve yourself and your relationship. And that's why we're excited to tell you more about Talkspace. If you've ever thought about going to therapy, but found it too inconvenient, too expensive, or just too embarrassing to make it into an office, then give Talkspace a try. Talkspace is an online therapy company, and they make it easy to connect to a licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. Talkspace allows you to text, audio, and video message your therapist as much as you want. Your Talkspace therapist can listen to you vent about work or family, explore your relationship, and help put you on the path to a happier life. To sign up or to learn more, go to Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code I do to get $30 off your first month and to show your support for this podcast. That's I do and Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? 
Um, well, I was going to suggest the vulnerability journal, but we really talked about that quite a bit. Um, so maybe I would say to try to learn one new thing about your partner every day. Love that. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship? One of the books that I really love to recommend is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman because he really talks about how different people express and um, perceive love, you know, through different kinds of, of things. And love is really an emotion that we have inside of us and you, the other person can't really see inside your heart and know that you love them, but they can feel it and they can sense it through your body language, through your behaviors. But different people read different things as meaning love. You know, for some people, getting a present shows that you really love them. For other people, um, you know, physical affection is a way that they really feel very loved. For some people, it's, it's eye contact. It might be compliments. And everyone is so different. And I think anything that really helps us understand that our partner may be different from us. And so we need to learn each other's languages and be able to not over identify or project the way we are onto our partner goes a long way to, you know, helping with some of those assumptions that get in the way of, of really um, understanding each other accurately. So So that's a great book I like to recommend. Great. Well, we'll be sure to add that to your show notes page on idopodcast.com and uh, it'll be right there for everybody to check out. We've been, we've been married for two years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds? I think for newlyweds, um, the more that you know yourself and the more that you can kind of um, feel comfortable with your own self and have a good relationship with your own self, the more you'll be able to really bring to your to the relationship with your partner. So I, I think just really focusing on your own sense of security, treating yourself the way you want to be treated, uh, doing things that make you feel comfortable with yourself, those things go a long way to being able to show up fully in your relationship and uh, be present for the other person. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? I would really give them the very same advice that the the more comfortable you are with yourself and the better relationship you have with your own self, the more you can really um, be attracted to and attract a healthy partner and a healthy relationship dynamic. And so, um, you know, just doing those things that make you feel good, understanding what makes you, what brings you alive what gives you a sense of fulfillment, what your values are, the more you can really understand who you are as a person, what you bring to the table, your strengths and your weaknesses and what you need and the gifts you offer the world, the more you're going to be open to really having that reflected back to you in your relationship. That's great. It sounds like the the quote or not the quote, but the kind of the motto to live by is love yourself and you'll be loved. Exactly. Well, we've really enjoyed hearing all the advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. Um, I, my website is goldsteintherapy.com. I also have a Facebook page, which is Goldstein Therapy Facebook page. Um, I can be reached by email, merlegoldstein at gmail.com. 
I also have a great YouTube video on how to recognize dismissive attachment in yourself and others and a pretty significant online presence. So it should be pretty easy to find me. I have a download for couples called Three Big Mistakes That Successful Couples Can't Afford to Make. That's available on my website. And um, feel free to give me a call or email me. I'm happy to answer any questions from any of your listeners. Our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And again, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com to check out this episode's show notes and to sign up for our newsletter. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.